Lethbridge Stewart. Captain Archibald Hamish Lethbridge Stewart. Welcome to the Trap One Podcast. In this episode, we'll be looking at the final chapter in the Twelfth Doctor's Adventures, Twice Upon a Time. Later on, I'll be talking to Simon Ibbison and his daughter from the Dad Daughter Doctor blog. But first, I'm delighted to welcome back to Trap One Stalwarts, Denise and Keith. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. And Hello. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, have we all had a good Christmas? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, thank you. Apart I had a bit from... of a quiet one on account of my broken leg, but other than that, yeah, it was fun. Good food, good entertainment, good company. Excellent. I was in a cottage in Scotland with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> but we all got to see Doctor Who. We so did. That's, uh, <laughs> so that's fine. So um, any before we sort of start watching the episode, um, any Doctor Who highlights of 2017? Um, apart from this podcast, obviously, I mean, that was, it goes without saying that it's kind of set the world of Doctor Who on fire. Um, you know, we can take that one as read. Any any particular sort of episodes or books or anything that's come out that... Uh, season of- 10 for me, I really, really loved season 10. Um, I don't know if I'd been getting a bit jaded or what, but it really sort of invigorated my enthusiasm again. Bill was a marvel. Nardle was a marvel. I loved the little team. It didn't outstay its welcome. I really, really liked it. And Big Finish. Big Finish has been marvellous this year. So. Yes, it was absolutely wonderful. Really, really enjoyed the character of Bill Potts, and I feel really sad that uh, she has gone. Um, but Jodie Whittaker, what an amazing reveal. Okay, we had to watch some tennis to see it, but yeah. <laughs> 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 she was... Uh, An awful lot of tennis. It, mm. it was. That yeah. was a real highlight as well, that, um, that reveal, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, we, we'd heard the rumours, we, we'd seen everything and uh, sort of watching her in Broadchurch and thinking, could that be the new Doctor? And of course she is. Yes, yeah. you can see it straight away. This is where I confess, I've never actually seen her in anything. And when I knew who she was going to be, I've deliberately avoided her. So the first time I see her doing anything will be as Doctor Who. I didn't see Broadchurch, but I've seen Attack the Block, but I saw it years ago and I can't really remember much about it or her part in it so it'd be quite fresh for me as well so, yes um, yeah and the role is obviously so very different i yeah. think anyway and using her own accent too so. yeah that's quite nice i like that mm. uh, i think um I, I loved series 10 i think it's one of my favorite series since it came back mm. um but the new animated shadow as well oh yes. if you guys have seen yes. that i thought it was brilliant uh, i really need to treat myself to that one yes I confess to being really cynical about it. I thought, do we really need another Shardar? I've already got about five different versions of it. And I was completely wrong. It is brilliant. They've done such a lovely job on it. And there's so many nice little bits, isn't it? Which yeah. is, it's great. Well, this is it with Douglas Adams in general, of course. I mean, his, uh, his shows and his books, everything he ever touched deserves uh, multiple revisits and the best possible care. That's what I think. Definitely. I've just started reading Doctor Who and the Cricket Men. 
um, which is James Goss. Um, and you got before the release uh, date, bizarrely. Yeah, it's a strange one. It, uh, Amazon had it down as the 18th of January. I was in uh, Waterstones the other day, and they, they had them in there. Um, this was on New Year's Eve, in fact, or the day before New Year's Eve, so I, I grabbed a copy. Just read the first few chapters, which brilliant so far. It's based on a, a Douglas Adams pitch uh, or a, a outline or whatever for a Doctor Who movie. Um, and it's very, very funny. James Goss obviously already done um, City of Death and Pirate Planet. Um, and just each one for me has just got better and better in terms of uh, capturing the style of, of Tom Baker's Doctor and Douglas Adams' kind of um, wit and ideas. So I, I definitely recommend that book as well. But he'd fundamentally used it in the um, one of the yeah, Hitchhikers books, hadn't he? So it'd be interesting to know how much how yeah. similar it will be to that. Yeah. Yes, he, he did reuse ideas. I mean, um, oh, one of the Dirt Gently books touched place. again <laughs> on uh, City of Death and uh, Sharda as well. So. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple of bits I've spotted so far that that are probably familiar to Hitchhikers fans, but um, still, uh, yeah, some great ideas so far in it that uh, really enjoying it. Yeah, I'll have to treat myself to that one as well. I have a long list of things yeah. I need to treat myself <laughs> to. I really do. Cool. So, in terms of Twice Upon a Time, um, how, how do we think this compares to other regeneration stories? Mm. I'd say for me it's my favourite of the new series in terms of regeneration stories. Any... I think it possibly is as well. I mean, it was built up to very nicely. We all knew it was coming. There was no real surprise. And, um, I mean, that we had so much of the setup, we, we knew that it was going to be the first Doctor and the twelfth Doctor, and we knew that they were going to be spending a lot of time together, and that just sets your imagination running. Yeah. You know, how is it going to be? This, what would they say to each other? How will they be together? So it's something that has been well anticipated, at least by me, and uh, just trying to imagine how these two would be together. And, of course, what Stephen Moffat finally does is different again to what you imagine, but, yes, enjoyed it very much. Do you think you've seen too much of it in the trailers? A lot of the best lines I thought I'd already seen, which I, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't, because uh, it did sort of tarnish it a wee bit, but um, it was a great story, I enjoyed it, but uh, I just wish I hadn't seen so much of it in advance. Mm. I think I only saw one or possibly two trailers. I tried to be a bit spoiler-free, and of course, being out of the UK a lot of the time, that does make it, is a little bit easier for me. But, yeah, uh, it's a fine line, yes. isn't it, of... Um with a trailer of, of kind of whetting everybody's appetite and, and you know, kind of creating that des desire and um, excitement for it, um, but not giving too much away. I think story-wise, not a lot was given away in terms of the nature of the aliens and what was going True. on. True, yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the good lines were, weren't they? So, so I just found that some of the um, best laughs fell flat because I've already laughed at them. So, so in, in terms of... Uh, it being a multi-doctor story, how, how do you think it, um, it, it measures up to the uh, the other multi-doctor stories that we've seen? Uh, do you have a favourite multi-doctor story, Denise? Uh, well, it has to be the five doctors for me. Very much so. Um, just to see everybody and so many of the previous companions as well. That's a very special story for me. Um, for me, but, it, was only uh, the, the, it was only the second pre-seventh Doctor story I ever saw as well 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was one that I saw really early on, and I've watched it tons and tons of times. I absolutely love it. So that's my favourite multi doctor. What about you, Keith? You've got uh, you can see the two doctors. Oh, you read my mind. Yes, I'm afraid <laughs> as a giant of the wool, Colin fan, I am duty bound to say the two doctors, which is a wizard. <laughs> I think it's it's always an interesting thing, and I think usually, I mean, particularly with the two doctors, it was a amazing romp. It was a lot of fun, and this one, yes, there were some laughs, but it's also a more serious subject. I mean, how a time lord views regeneration is, I suppose, similar to the way human beings regard death, and they have to think about it and make their peace with it in the same way. Stephen Moffat does seem to have a bit of a thing about the afterlife because it's his second go at it, isn't it? Uh, I noticed, I was thinking about the other day, he's determined there's going to be an afterlife of some sort in Doctor Who. Um, This is is going to be a a benign one after Mrs. Rather uh, less pleasant version. Yeah, the Dark Water Death in Heaven storyline was, uh, yeah, it was about that. But even the titles uh, I was struggling for. I think even if you go back to Silence in the Library, there's that um, there's the afterlife of River, River Song in that one, isn't there? It's it does seem to have been a preoccupation, and people living after with the chips as well. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah that, that idea of, of what can be preserved. Um, yeah, after somebody's life's ended. Uh, yeah, yes, definitely a preoccupation of his. Now you come to mention it. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, there was a few of his his kind of hallmarks in this one. I thought. It was a kind of his greatest hits, and good luck to him, really, because, I mean, he's done sterling service for the show. I've really enjoyed his era. Yeah. It's probably not a fashionable view these days, but I, I think he's been great. And I was quite um, sorry to see him go, so I was quite glad to see some of his old tropes returning. Yeah, no, I've, I've absolutely loved his era. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry to see him go. Um, just the, the sheer invention, I was thinking earlier about some of the stuff, like the... Um, the Tesselector, isn't it? The, the shape-changing robot. Yes. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Just, you know, and the silence and the weeping angels and just all these kind of brilliant ideas that, have, um, that he's used and come up with. Um, just such an inventive mind. And River Song herself, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who didn't appear in this special, but uh, yeah. I was wondering if she would. Yeah, there's, um, you do wonder because they, they end up being, well, like the end of time, it, they... Everybody was in it, weren't they? Um, mm. it, you wondered who who might pop up. Uh, it was quite restrained in that way, I suppose, wasn't it? It wasn't. Uh, um, yes, it a, could a have. Valedictory, I mean, uh, like um, David Tennant's final uh, final farewells to everybody. Yes, that was yeah. uh, more quite than a long you story. in other media. Now he's uh, visiting people. It turns out he's on his final tour as he does it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's it. I think he goes all the way back to Susan. <laughs> so. In the Sarah Jane Adventures, he, he says that he, um, it's the 11th Doctor, isn't it, in, in uh, the Russell T. Davis one, Death Death of the Doctor? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, he, he tells Joe Grant that he went and uh, <laughs> went to see her when he was changing as well. Um, but he doesn't do that every time, does he? Would, it, uh, <laughs> it would be, um, he wouldn't have time to have any new adventures, would he? It would be quite time-consuming. But yeah, um, just going back to what you were saying before about the uh, about regeneration, it's it's quite inconsistent, isn't it? When about how you know how um, how big it is for a time lord. I think when uh, when David Tennant took over in his in his first story in the the Christmas Invasion, he's saying, "I'm the same man. I'm literally the same man." But by the end of his era, he's saying, "If even if I even if I die, I'll regenerate." And it's like somebody else getting up. 
um, you know, depending on obviously what the, the writer at the time is wanting to, to put across. Um, but the more they make it into a, a big deal and a, and a, a kind of um, very traumatic event for them, um, the more you think it was harsh of the doctor to shoot the guy in um, mm. uh, the end of series nine. nine. Mm. He shot the Time Lord General. Yes. Yeah. Hellbent. Hellbent. Yeah. <laughs> Always get those two mixed up. I, I find series finales very difficult to remember the names of. I think also each Time Lords has uh, different experiences with re regenerations, of course. I mean, Romana had no trouble. Yeah. All the ones had a really easy time. Stopping her hearts and things like that to uh, fake her own death. So obviously she was a lot more blasé about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if it has something to do with... Uh, she was much better qualified than the doctor when she left the academy. So yeah. I was wondering if that also meant that you had better regeneration management skills. I don't know. But uh, and also the master used up his regenerations in disguises. So um, different different time lords, different experiences, I suppose. Yeah. What's that? And maybe the doctor's just a wolf and likes to make the most of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like man. I want some attention yeah. and I want some attention now. <laughs> So, um, speaking of the five doctors, as we were earlier as well, how do you think David Bradley's performance measures up to Richard Herndall's? I'm I... wondering if he perhaps used it as a touchstone to a certain degree. And certainly um, there's been a lot of discussion about the um, alleged sexist remarks and all the rest of it. And um, looking back, I mean... Tegan got very upset because the first doctor was insisting that she go and makes refreshments for everybody and uh, not Turlow. And uh, and yeah. I think that was the, uh, the most overtly sexist that we've ever seen, the first doctor. It, yeah, it's not, it, it's not sort of without precedent, is it, The um, those ones? There was um, uh, a tweet from the writer James Couray-Smith, who I follow on Twitter, and uh, I like his writing very much. Um, and he was kind of pointing out that um, there's a whole scene about Barbara doing the cooking in the Romans, a joke about her spring cleaning in the web planet, uh, and about how he calls every woman under, under 50 child. <laughs> well, that's, so. I mean, yes, he, he is paternalistic. We know that. When, after Susan left, he absolutely had to have Vicky as a replacement as soon as possible. But I think also, I mean, when travelling with Ian too, he was a chivalrous man of his day and um, possibly, you know, the Doctor was adopting those mores and those morals because Ian Chesterton would not have been able to keep cope with female emancipation. He liked a strong female character, but, he, you know, he loved Barbara, but, you know, he was the man. He had to be the man. He had to be the one who did all the fighting and rescuing and... Yeah, I, think I mean, I can imagine if... the contention I had with it is I generally don't think he wrote the first Doctor. I think he wrote William Hartnell, or our perception mm. of him, because the character wasn't the first Doctor. He looked like him, he looked astonishingly like him, but I don't think he played him like the first Doctor, because he can't, he's uh, not William Hartnell. I think he wrote <laughs> him as the way we see William Hartnell now, as slightly stuffy, as slightly... A man one. of his time. Yeah. A man of his time and probably quite an unpleasant one at the time. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah. you know, the they, they're talking about well, that and of course there was the, the adventure in space and time and yeah. yes, he was 
portrayed in that certain way. And um, But then they found that other footage of um, William Hartnell being interviewed at the backstage of a pantomime or something. Fabulously yeah. grumpy, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he, was, he was grumpy, but he was also a little bit more mercurial, a little bit more interesting. And I think maybe if David Bradley had seen that interview before before he played the part as well, maybe some of that would have come into it as well. Um, and also, I think when you're an actor, you don't want to just do a caricature of somebody, mm. if you see what I mean. I mean, one of the things that stopped me thinking it was William Hartnell was that there were no fluffs. True, yeah. How, <laughs> how can it be William Hartnell? How can it be the first Doctor if he's speaking coherently? Yeah. <laughs> but he was also very staccato. I don't remember Hartnell talking like this, which he seemed to do. <laughs> Everything Bradley did had a pause between each word. <laughs> he, was a, he was almost a little bit more Mondasian Cyberman than yeah. uh, William Hartnell. <laughs> but oddly, on the Big Finish um, release, he doesn't do that. So whether they'd actually encouraged him to speak like that, I don't know. He's a lot more um, fluid on the audio adventures. Okay, that's interesting. Maybe, yes, he's feeling his way into the role and he wants to play it some more. Yeah, or a, a, just a directorial choice, maybe, how they've, yes. uh, they've kind of got it. Yeah, that's also it. important. Yeah. I think to some extent, because when, when, uh, it made me think about the, the day of the Doctor um, bringing Tennant back and he sort of highlighted the, the kind of lethario side of him more, which there are a few examples of that across the 10th Doctor era, but it's not probably known as his defining characteristic. So well, Rose wouldn't let him, would she? No. Yes. <laughs> but the same sort of thing where he's, he's kind of done it as a bit of a, of a kind of thumbnail and he's sort of highlighted one one element of that character, which there's examples of across uh, Hartnell's, you know, sort of three series uh, seasons. But, um, you know, when you see it all, to, you know, in a short performance like that, it seems a bit more exaggerated and a bit more uh, to the forefront, maybe. <laughs> I think dogs. yes, it was exploited for comic effect. Yeah. I think if someone then goes and sees a William Hartnell story for the first time, having just seen David Bradley's performance before, they'll be in for a surprise. He's he's a lot more interesting than that. Yeah. Plus, he's always the Hartnell doctor is always described as a crotchety old man. We've actually watched mm. the majority of the episodes. He's actually quite avuncular. He's always giggling and humming because he's trying to remember his lines, bless him. But yeah. that comes over as quite jolly. I think it's one of those things... It's only really crossing um, out the first three stories, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things, it's, it's the Peter Haining books that um, yeah. that he, because uh, he had access to the old stories in a way that people didn't, and uh, he did a lot of uh, setting of the opinions, didn't he, and of the, uh, you know, the kind of what are now well-worn phrases to, to Doctor Who fans, like crotchety and... Um, well, Terence Dix is a pleasant open face. Yeah, sprightly <laughs> yellow roadster. Uh, Shop of white hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, if we're all ready and teed up, we'll start watching the episode. Sounds good. Uh, so, if you're watching at home, um, just turn the sound down. We will press play in three, two, one. It's Previously on Previously Doctor, on Doctor Who. Who. So yeah, I like the um I like the kind of the boldness of that seven hundred and nine episodes. Yeah. Have you seen the iTunes um, extras? The no. show all the stuff they actually filmed in colour with the new cast and then probably didn't use. Ah, I haven't and seen some that. of it looks really good and 
the bit where the chap gets shot, the bit with the Cybermen is all re um, redone. But I suppose it would have ruined this moment where they morphed yeah. him into Bradley, which I have to say does look... The morph is brilliant, isn't it? Very, very uncanny very. valley. The first time I saw yeah. it, it really creeped me out. Yeah. So the built sets and everything, we barely get a glimpse of it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, cause I, I would have liked to have seen more of Ben and Polly as well, I think. Yeah, because uh, I was surprised that having rebuilt the Mondasian Cybermen costumes for, for the end of Series 10, that we, we didn't see them in any of this. Because the work footage was recorded with them, because it's on right. the extras. But um, it's a pity they didn't just shoot reshoot all of Episode 4 of the Tenth Planet, really, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> the temptation must have been there. I think uh, Mark Gators has um, suggested it, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> when they had the sets and the Cybermen and the actors, they should have just gone for it, shouldn't they? I mean, you... There'd be plenty of people who've done it voluntarily, I would imagine, <laughs> <laughs> just to recreate it. I think. So go. I would say I quite like the animation on the DVD for the uh, tenth part of both sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good as well, actually. I just wonder if we're going to get like a a special edition where they include the uh, extra footage. Yeah, I think there was. Uh, I saw a few people on Twitter wondering if uh, the tenth planet part four had been found, um, and that we might get a, some kind of surprise. Ooh. Because um, when Stephen Moffat brought the great intelligence back, it was in the knowledge that the web of fear had been found, hadn't it? So I think people are thinking along the same sort of lines that uh, maybe this would tie in with a, with a surprise release. And on a very shallow note, isn't his hair amazing? Because see how short he was in his first episode. He's turned into a lion over the years. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely has. And I love this line just coming up now. Explains all the differences. Your face—it's all over the yes, place. Yeah. Mid regeneration, very clever. Yeah, it's an—it's a nice little. Uh, it's like the line from Time Crash, isn't it? Where the uh, why Peter Davison's doctor looks older, shorted out the time differential. Mm. Uh, that's always the explanation, isn't it? Yeah, it—it it does take the first doctor a while to cotton on to this, doesn't it? I think that—that um, that it's a future incarnation. I quite like Capaldi's um, coat being tattered as well. I was thinking it's a bit more doctorish, but yeah, the Troutnesque uh, grubbiness. Nah, nice explanation for the bigger Tardis as well. Yes, <laughs> mm. um, it's something that um, Clayton Hickman, the uh, the former Doctor Who magazine editor, he talks a lot about the the different Tardises and the window designs and everything, and. Uh, not a fan of the modern ones, is he prefers the old, the old style. I have to admit, I was quite nostalgic when I saw them all coming out of the, um, like the earlier TARDIS. But uh, on the extras, Pearl Mackie says how, how difficult it was to be inside it because it was like it was four yeah. in there. <laughs> it was a little cramped around. Well, I think they actually did make it bigger than the original as well because um, David Bradley's taller than William Hartnell. And so that it didn't look too ridiculous next to the modern one. They'll probably shoot a scene where it'll collapse and a recast leaves down this lady. Yeah. <laughs> I love the stop snow. I love That's the way really he uh, flicks yeah. the, snow, <laughs> the snowflake and it just comes back into yeah. position again. Yeah. The first doctor's particularly perplexed by the, the level of special effects that he's encountering. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm in colour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does seem to think he's in the 60s, doesn't he? Yeah. 
<laughs> what he uh, says Tenth Planet the way was in reaction. 1986, wasn't it? That was the year it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, they don't make any reference to that year at all, do they? No, they just say you're in the wrong decade, but yeah. they don't specify which one. There's Matt Gatiss. It's, uh, he must have had the most roles of anybody in the in the new series. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, Stephen Moffat's admitted he just needed a pal around him on this um, yeah, it's probably quite a difficult production for them all, wasn't it? So. Yeah, he's very good in it, though. It's not. Oh yeah, um, he's, he's excellent. Actually. It's a yeah, it's a great performance. I think the scene of the creator, I think, was really affecting. In fact, I think I don't know if I was just being soppy on the day, but all the World War One stuff I found really emotional. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I had a real lump in my throat when uh, when that started. One good thing I hope for the new series, oh, you'll get rid of this bloody horrible theme music. Cause I've never liked the, <laughs> the Capaldi <laughs> theme music. It's too shrill. <laughs> It's. Uh, I think anybody that started watching with it, it will be their the theme tune that is particularly evocative for them. I know um, people don't like the Seventh Doctor theme tune, but for me, I still get the hairs on the back of my neck raised when I hear it because it's <laughs> when I started watching it when I was a kid. So the, I still adore the uh, the title sequence from season eighteen onwards. That's really special for me. Yeah. Oh, they're the ones I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm quite old now, and so what do we think of the writers are trying to shoot times. each other? Then, Mike Gates and is it Toby Whithouse who are both writers on the show, and they're both pointing guns at each other. Yeah, so uh, I'm afraid my German's not good enough to understand what he was saying, apart from the word death, obviously. But uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't know if this I think they're saying will Chibnall employers do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only one job, <laughs> and one of us is gonna, one of us is gonna get it. The other one isn't. Um, but I don't know. If, if Toby Whithouse, he must do some acting as well, I guess. To uh, I thought he's very uh, German without his glasses. Yeah. Probably with Gareth Roberts in the background launching mortars up. <laughs> yeah. And for a Christmas special, that's a really horrible image, isn't it? To have two people just pointing guns at each other. Yeah. People have criticised this for not being dramatic enough, but you think, well, it's hardly much more dramatic than uh, World War One, is it? I've never noticed that bird frozen before. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice touch, isn't it? I think it's... Uh, Posh computers, a better screen, that's why. Speckled Jim. <laughs> when Blackadder goes forth. You know, oh, right. The pigeon, uh, <laughs> Well, you notice on the exits, like literally to the left of them, there's like there's a housing estate. Right, you never yeah. guess. <laughs> no. And there's a hundred extras employed. This the most they've ever had in Doctor Who, apparently. In this scene. In the later one, where they all. Uh, ah, with together. the the um, the armistice part, yeah. Now, these are good guys, but for some mm. reason they're yeah. deciding to act really, really sinisterly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really creepy scene. This isn't it, where he's sort of you get the impression he's not supposed to be awake there, but he's. Uh, He's looking around him. Basically, all they had to do was go, we're jolly nice, really. And been, that would be the end of the story, really. Yeah. <laughs> like the neighbours in Canine and Company. Like we're, we're quite benign, but we're going to act really yeah. sinisterly. Just for the sake of it. <laughs> well, that's next up on my things to watch, actually. Right. So, uh, Canine and Company. Sticking, yeah, I haven't watched that. that for a while, so I'm going to be watching that again sometime soon. Yeah, that was on at around Christmas as well, wasn't it? Or am I remembering it wrong? It no, was, it's yeah. um, it's set at Christmas, isn't it? Because K9 sings, mm. um, We Wish You a Merry Christmas at the end. Sorry if that's a spoiler. 
<laughs> I have seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> just haven't watched it for a few years now. Yeah, yeah the, the glass figure is creepy as well, isn't it? It's, it is, um, yeah. That thing of uh, the shape of it is humanoid, but but too kind of elongated and, and stuff to be human. Again, did they really need to be... If they can look like anybody... They didn't really yeah. need to arrive looking really scarily, did they? No. They could have been Ben or Polly or uh, a Cyberman, couldn't they? Could have been Susan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there's something I saw on Twitter. A few people thought there might be some kind of appearance from Susan, given that it's the first, the end of the first Doctor's life. Well, it was on Capaldi's uh, wish list, wasn't it? And one of the one of the things on his wish list was the Mondasian Cyberman, which he got. Yeah. So I think everybody assumed, oh, he's going to get his uh, whole wish list. Yeah. And then he had the picture of Susan on his desk in his study at the university as well, didn't he? Uh, but uh, so the interviews with uh, Stephen Moffat, it was Peter Capaldi that suggested um, bringing David Bradley back. Um, somebody at a convention had. Uh, yeah, you apparently got to see the moment. The idea strike Moffat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. see, somebody at a convention said, you know, which which other doctors would you like him to meet? So, well, the first doctor, of course, but William Hartner wasn't returning his calls for some reason. Um, at which point, Peter Capaldi chipped in and said, well, just use David Bradley. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so that's where it came from. And his agent sent him a thank you note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, a bit like. Peter Capaldi and Colin Baker read previously appeared in the series. Who's Solomon in um, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, of course? Yes. But yeah. as totally completely different as, as it can be, really, isn't he? It's, uh, as written by the new showrunner. Yeah. Um, he gets uncannily so, like Hardman. It has to be said. Yeah. I suppose that's why he was employed in the first place, really. That's. Uh, I think their mannerisms and everything are good, aren't they? Mm. So, as, um, and if you heard the, on, on Radio 2 the, Joe Wiley did a, a kind of a Doctor Who special she interviewed David Bradley um, he said that uh, to apologise um, for killing David Bradley's character off quite early in Broadchurch um, Chibnall had given him his season ticket for uh, whatever football team he supports uh, I can't remember what it was now and I don't know anything about football but uh, yeah, basically just um, saying what kind of a nice guy Chibnall was and uh, uh, kind of a generous uh, writer and everything. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Doctor's going to get some brandy for uh, for the captain? Yeah, this was a nice, uh, I thought this was a nice mm. idea that the same bottle of brandy has been in the TARDIS for a couple of thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yes. Hopefully that's a status field or something that he keeps it in. He's obviously pretending to be surprised when River Song opened it last time. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other bottle of brandy in there, it said some something on it, like Older Baron brandy or something. Is that a reference to... Well, Older Baron liqueur is, um, I think, one of the ingredients for Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. Ah, mm. from Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm, could be. Yeah. And the winner of the most That's obscure that. geeky fact goes to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is the third time I watched it and, and first time I noticed that, but that's uh, that's a really subtle reference, isn't it, as well? Mm. Mm. 
I'm going to miss this console room. I really like this one. Yeah, I do. Yes, it's a. I mean, I hope they keep the um, thing on the top, which is the names of all of the companions in Guy Freya. Is that right? Really? I didn't know that either. No, I didn't know that. Very interesting. I read that somewhere, but uh, that was in the 11th Doctor's TARDIS as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, very interesting. Uh, they've um, there was a kind of a stop motion video on the official Doctor Who Twitter feed of them um, striking this entire set. Basically, kind of cranes yes. come in and uh, and taking it all apart. So I think it's going to be a completely completely redone one when it comes back. Or will they have a TARDIS? There's a big uh, <laughs> opinion that she's going to be looking for it for the entire series. Yeah. Mm. That'd be interesting. Yes, I've read things that might suggest something along those lines. Yeah, and a completely earthbound Series 11. I'm very excited about that, I have to say. Even though I've enjoyed yeah. the Moffat era, having a new approach is always uh, intriguing, isn't it? Yeah, it's always a shot in the arm, isn't it? When, uh, and another complete change in front of and behind the cameras. Even Murray Gold. He's leaving mm. about it, isn't he? Yeah, and you kind of kind of tell because this is basically his greatest hits, isn't it? I think he gets most of his music in it. Some you get, yeah, you get, uh, you get some of the uh, some some refrains that we haven't heard for a while, don't we? The Chamber of the Dead. Yeah, we're quite mm. benign. We're nice people. But we're going to call it something yeah. really, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right next to the Garden yeah. of Doom. <laughs> It's so, the patio of mild annoyance. I mean, they didn't have to make I think it I've look got scary, one of those. Though, they? <laughs> Sorry? They didn't have to make it, if they're, they're nice people, they didn't have to make it look quite that sinister, did they? Yeah. It's a nice set, isn't it? It's, uh... mm. and the, Put me in mind the, uh... of um, the Colosseum in Rome. Yeah. I wonder if it was the other one they redressed later, because just like put a bit of ivy on it and made it the other set. He's got the Doctor mannerisms down, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Dave Bradley with the hands on his lapels as he walks out the tide, isn't it? That yellow light doesn't suit him. It looks like his liver's packed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a lovely moment. Yeah. This, this is where we just started watching the episode now as well. This is uh, <laughs> what always happens. You just kind of get drawn in. Again, it's a shame we knew she was coming back. Wouldn't this just been amazing? Yeah. We mm. thought we'd seen the last one suddenly she walked in. It would have been lovely, wouldn't it? I like the, the mystery around her, about whether she is real or not. That's, yeah. Uh, it adds a little... Uh, and it sort of doesn't betray the end of the other series as well, does it? It's sort of like, yeah. It lets that stand, but it's a way of bringing her back. Yeah, I just know that this is eventually where she... Uh, well, where everybody winds up eventually. The depressing thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even Clara, who been um, who in the seventies would have a big blue line around her because she was obviously superimposed on, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that it was um, between filming scenes for Victoria. They put her in a Clara costume and uh, put her against a green screen. Did actually either of you to understand why he had to forget about it? I'm not sure I ever really got that. They, one of them had to forget about the other because uh, 
they they would never stop wanting to travel together and making each other more and more reckless this is how i understand it anyway and that mm. was the hybrid was this reckless pairing of right the doctor and clara which uh, would so now he knows about him again mm. but but he, he can he remember where he's where she's gone yeah and it's specifically maybe the twelfth doctor i guess oh it could be well, we'll have to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you watch uh, Victoria, either of you? Yeah. Uh, I watched the um, first few episodes, but it didn't really hold my attention, I'm afraid to say. No. There's only so many historical dramas a girl can take in in one lifetime, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, I quite enjoyed the first series, and then I'm only about halfway through the second series. It's just, just sitting on my... Uh, Sky recorder at the moment. Well, what I watched last year was Doctor Who and Twin Peaks. It's hardly yeah. worth moving a television. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doctor Who and Twin Peaks, that's not bad, is it? And it's fantastic to have them both on air in the same year as well. Yes. Still haven't watched any Twin Peaks. It is, it is on my list. Oh, you definitely yeah. should. It's... Uh, one of the best TV shows ever made. It was, wasn't it? I like him using yeah. the monocle, something you very rarely did, but it was just purely yeah. for the moment he could drop it, but it was still yeah. working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice juxtaposition it, with the monocle and the sunglasses. Mm. So. Um, and this moment as well, I quite like, where uh, the first Doctor recognises that, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's the face of a living person because it's not symmetrical. Mm. It's um, reminded me a bit of um, in the Three Doctors when uh, it's the first Doctor that just kind of applies a bit of common sense and says, "Well, it, what's mm. a bridge for?" You know, it's uh, crossing. It's for crossing. <laughs> it's, yeah, I did get a bit of a feeling that the first Doctor was there to be mocked a little. So it was nice for him to actually. Come across with the actual uh, supposition. Yes, mm. and to to use um, expressions that didn't exist when the first Doctor was the Doctor. So things like um, artificial intelligence and computer generated mm. phrases like that that uh, were beyond the science fiction writers of the time. Yeah. The, I'm not sure if you've missed the line about Mr. Pastry. Has that been on yet? Oh, that's coming with No, that's with when, they're, um, when they're leaving. When the first doctor's rather baffled why he's explaining the um, escape plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice when, it, uh, when the differences are, are highlighted like that. He did that a bit with the War Doctor, didn't he, in Day of the Doctor? Yeah. Um, you know, the War Doctor baffled by them, kissing people and... Making pop culture mm. references and things, it doesn't even doesn't know what a yeah. Well, speaking like children, as they put it. Yeah, is it a, a cup of soup or something? He doesn't know what it is. You know, it's uh, whereas the modern doctors kind of drop drop pop culture references and stuff like that all the time. Now then, coming up, if you can spot Colin Baker, pull me out because I can't see him. Is <laughs> it? And his absence naturally ruined the episode for me. Yeah. So maybe he wanted too much money or something. Uh, well, <laughs> he's minted <laughs> after the jungle. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> 
There's something about Colin Baker that the reason he's not on any of the novelizations is because he uh, his agent wanted like a small fee. Yeah. Ah, right. So. Obviously, went by in later years because he's done them now, isn't he? So. Yeah. And great news about the uh, novelizations uh, coming back as well. Stephen Moffat's mm. um, next gig is uh, novelizing Day of the Doctor, which I'm looking forward to. Yes, he was querying in what way he'd left, because he'd just come from a, a do the day before it was Doctor Who related, and then he was going back to write about it. Yeah, this is on, on um, Toby Haydock's Who's Round podcast, isn't it? He, um, well worth a listen, that one. He's excellent. Yeah, have you heard that, Denise? Do, do you listen to I, I've listened to one or two of them, but I'm rather behind in my podcast listening at the moment, because uh, I've been losing my commute. I've had to be chauffeur-driven to and from the office because of my broken ah. legs. So I've been losing my podcast listening yeah. opportunities recently. <laughs> but not for much longer. I'll be back up to speed soon. I'd definitely recommend skipping straight to that one. Um, mm. Toby Haydock's interview with, with Stephen Moffat. It's very, very good. So that was the uh, yeah the Mr. Pastry line there. was uh, see a reference to... The possible fourth Doctor, yes. Yeah. Was it, was it not the second Doctor? No, I think it's the fourth one. Ah, do, right. uh, yeah. That's why they had Harry, wasn't it, in case he needed to punch people. Yeah. So these are the clips of the different Doctors. You might be right. I can't sure I can see um, Sixth Doctor. Ooh. Some of them are quite small, some of the globes, aren't they? Mm. Butcherous Skullman. And the la- yeah, the last three of Skarnanen, is it? Destroyer Skarnanen. Yeah. So, the butcher could be the sixth doctor. <laughs> oh, the valley I've got a mention. I remember that. Yeah. Mm. It is. Uh, I like I like those bits, though, when they bring back old clips and things. It was. Uh... It could be argued that that's not the best thing for Christmas Day with the, uh, the not wee washing. Yeah. Luckily, by this point, my mother had fallen asleep, so I didn't have to yeah. keep uh, explaining <laughs> everything. So. I don't know. I think. Yeah. It is easy as Doctor Who fans. You often worry that um, you know what will uh, what will non-fans think of it. But I think they kind of get the gist of it, don't they? That they're the other incarnations. And, and there's Google because the things I don't understand, I Google it and I know. So uh, yeah, nothing to stop them. Hard to imagine for uh, a William Hartnell leaping off this, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Man, you can climb down from the mechanoid city or jump into the Thames. So you can probably yeah. manage this. That's it. The other, the, the bit actually after the clip where um, Peter Capaldi's doctor says um, they cut out all the jokes. That was uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice line to kind of undercut the uh, the kind of grandiose Doctor of War stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think of the TARDIS walls? Getting rid of the photo blurbs and putting up the, uh, the curator's museum. Yeah, I'll go. That's. Uh, is that, a, is that a clue as to the, the nature of the curator? Was it just trying to save a bit of cash? It, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually didn't be expected to make this one to Stephen Moffat, apparently. He thought he was going out at the end of season 10. Yeah, he assumed that Chris Chibnall was going to write this yeah, year's but Christmas obviously, special. I can understand why he wouldn't want to start the new Doctor in the Christmas special then, if he's yeah. got like a more serial idea. Yeah. But, um, the, the, so he agreed to do it simply to keep the slot. Yeah, keep, yes, because he worried that kind of if they uh, if they lost it, there'd never be any more Christmas specials. Double Mrs. Brown boys, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Oh no. Apparently not. It was a top rated show over Christmas. So. Yeah, it did really well in the ratings, didn't it? So. It is always nice to contrast to classic TARDIS along yeah. with the new one. Yeah. It's still a, a stunning set, isn't it? It's, uh, mm. it's ahead of its time in, in 1963. It still looks great. Apparently the bronze pillars are the originals as well, which is uh, ah, right. ridiculously thrilling. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought they'd still be... Uh, in some uh, yeah. wonder what else they've been in in the meantime. Yeah. I bet they've rocked up in a few things. Yeah, definitely. I Claudius or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a great set, this, isn't it? And obviously they had it from um, an adventure in space and time and then it was reused again for um, the end of Series 9. Is it the same console? Because um, the console was a green colour, wasn't it, rather than the, the white one that we have here? Ah, I'm not sure. I assume it's just been repainted because it'd be an expensive thing to rebuild just for mm. colour, I think. Because the, um, I think, because they were originally for black and white, weren't they? I think the, it had to be that green for contrast with the with the walls. But, ah, uh, right. More startling, the Adams family house was pink. I can never <laughs> want that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if this is the same console, they, they had it on display at the um, Doctor Experience. Um, saw it earlier, well, not last year, now in February, um, when it went down. So it was uh, it was great to see that. It was all the lights were blinking away, and the the uh, the rotor was was rising and falling. Is there so, any news of them doing a new exhibition, or is that? Uh, I haven't heard anything yet, but um, be down to the new team, I suppose. Yeah, hopefully, because it's uh, it was great. I, I went twice, sort of a few years apart, so they're quite different both times. Um, but it would be quite nice before the experience opened they had three or four kind of roving exhibitions that would pop up there was a saw one in Glasgow one in Manchester one in Newcastle um, so each time we went you saw different things because the you know the collections were um, in different parts uh, so maybe it would be nice to go back to that because Cardiff for us is a long way obviously even uh, anywhere the, uh, in the UK obviously it would be further for you to visit Denise but uh, from well, Cumbria, yes, it's yeah. quite a trip. I mean, I'm hoping to yeah. see a little bit more of the UK than just be stuck in the southeast sometime soon again. But yeah, if there is a Doctor Who exhibition anywhere in the country, I would hope to be able to take it in. Yeah, I haven't been to any since Longleat. No, <laughs> and it was, uh, <laughs> it was before my time, unfortunately. But oh, I went to Longleat. Yeah. I didn't go for the celebration, but I went for later that same year in 1983. Very, very rainy day, but it was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> these are great, these Daleks, aren't they, out of yeah. the casings? I love the way you can just sort of see them in the background creeping around as well. Yeah. Really subtly done and quite, uh, yeah. I love little details like that. Yeah. It's another uh, kind of twist on them, isn't it, that they're uh, these kind of... Um, like the uh, the face hugger type uh, type ones, they're pretty fast as well. It's creepy, isn't it? <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> Reminds me of Pac-Man. And no problems with vertical surfaces. Mm. If that mobile it makes you wonder why they do, do you bother with the uh, big bronze thing, really? Yeah, I guess it must be a a planet where the level of radiation is 
suitable for them. They don't need the uh, the survival suits. I had no idea where they were, who they were coming to see at this point. Never, no. never thought of Rusty at all. <laughs> no, talking to uh, folks, a lot of people thought it was going to be Davros, apparently. But... Mm. It's something that... <coughs> Follow uh, Andrew Ellard on Twitter, who's a... Uh, He's like a script editor, and he he does um, does kind of notes and stuff on um, on Doctor Who stories. And he was saying it, Capaldi hasn't really got many of his own his own monsters um, that are you know kind of massively associated with him. You know, he's, he's faced the Zygons and Davros and, and different ones. And I suppose Missy will be his thing. Yeah, that's but, one that's sort of exclusively his, isn't it? Yeah, but kind of too too soon to bring her back in a way, I guess, isn't it? Um, because it's such a great ending to the, yeah. to the previous story. And she's a teeny bit dead. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that too. Well, it doesn't usually stop with Master, does it? No. No. Yeah, a few times over the years. Yeah. Normally, you have like, sort of Davison era, they just sort of, so you did escape from whatever the last, mm. uh, the last place or something was. Space <laughs> <laughs> Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's figuring out oh, that's why it's a tiny bit lower yeah <laughs> it's a nice touch yeah so I don't think all of these antiques were still in the uh, the first Doctor's TARDIS by the 10th the planet were they? I don't think so no. the uh, Omulu clock however you pronounce that I think it just depended who was doing the um, directing at the time yeah. whether they wanted them or not <laughs> yeah because they hired the, the genuine antiques weren't they that they, that they hired the, the shot there of uh, the Doctor walking out of the TARDIS, because um, it wasn't very often in the, well, I think only only in the first Doctor era that you, you could look directly out of the TARDIS, wasn't it, and see yeah. where, where they were. Yeah. And at the end of... Um, Hitting Pyramid of Mars, it is too well, didn't it? But it was quite rare. Yeah. It's inside the spaceship, isn't it, when they finally uh, kind of escape, you know, the third story. Um, We're well, calling it that again these days, are we? Beyond the sun, edge of destruction. I'm never sure what to call it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they they arrive in um, some kind of snowy landscape, don't they? And you see them. They do see them walking out at the end of that one. They call this any pop up of Marinus because we can't see Marco Polo. Mm. Oh, Colin in space to do that outside as well. I'm just going through my head now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, this uh, I love this scene of um, Rusty firing out of the uh, of the tower. It reminded me of the beginning of Remembrance of the Daleks when um, when they go back to um, Iron Foreman's yard, and you don't know what's in there to begin with. Um, it's just uh, you, you just see the bolts coming out. Uh, it's a bit it's always a bit disappointing. I think in that one when the Dalek does appear. Because it bouncing around it on the cobbles. Wobbly, yeah. 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 If um, <laughs> if only it wasn't in the cobbles, it would uh, it might look a bit more threatening. But uh, it's great that when you see the point of view and the kind of the alien lettering and they was targeting the soldiers and uh, um, sending them flying in that one as well for the first time, wasn't it? I do like the way you can see the red velvet through his um, um, black coat because it gives him that sort of a wounded quality, doesn't it? Yeah, where the uh, where it's been damaged. Pleased is in. I think this is his best costume as well. And pleased is in backing it for his uh, yeah for his final story, uh, rather than a hoodie. 
Never mm. particularly waited to them. What do we think of the new Doctor's costume? Yeah, it's difficult to, to say until you kind of see it in action, I think. Um, I think um, it's good to have a long coat for kind of running away or from running, explosions yes. <laughs> and uh, flapping behind her. But and pockets. Got yeah. to have good pockets. I, I kind of hope it it's not one set costume like, like they did in the 80s and it's uh, I prefer the kind of the idea where it's a style of dressing yeah. rather mm-hmm. than um, you know one fixed uh, something kind of um, JNT brought in wasn't it where uh, uniforms basically yeah you know up to that like, point um, Tom Baker the scarf was the only real sort of constant wasn't it different colour jackets and waistcoats and things I wonder if she'll be maybe um, doing period costume and things like that when she travels into the past and so forth. Yeah, because one of the rumours is that um, Series 11 is going to be set over three time periods, isn't it? It's going to be the... Yes, I've read that. 1968, mm. 2018 and 2058 or 68, something like that. Maybe. I've never heard that. Sounds interesting. She'd, she'd probably get away with her current outfit in 2018 and in... Was it 1968? Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd work quite well, but who knows what's going to be in the fashion in another years' probably be dead in if she's fallen from 30,000 feet by the look of it. Yeah. It's been hard to get out of that one. <laughs> what else was happening in 1968? Was it was that around the invasion? Was that around then? Ooh, no, unit um, timing, that's a... Oh, yeah. No, unit say, time, who time lines, who we'll knows? We'll steer clear of that. What about the faceless ones? What, what year was that? That was contemporary Earth story, Ooh, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe she could face... Um, Wotan. Yeah, maybe she face Wotan or uh, <laughs> the um, the chameleons, isn't it? In the all the Daleks ones. all on the same day. Yeah, that's the uh, that's that kind of nexus, isn't it, for all those stories? Wondering why all these people are sleeping in a car park and not being noticed. Yeah. I'll just creep up on you. Uh, this takes a little while, this reveal, doesn't it? They keep cutting backwards and forwards. I have to um, say, I've watched it three times now. This is a bit my attention did wander a wee bit. Because once the re- you, you know what the reveal is, yeah, the bit of the uh, the tension will try to work it out. Well, if you don't know if it's a Dalek by now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, which one? But I haven't guessed Rusty. No. no. Um, it's only only Capaldi's second story, isn't it, into the yeah. Dalek? So um, I guess uh, it is something that harks back to the beginning of his era. And somebody said the first shot of him was in the um, day of the Doctor, and he, he saw his eyes. And the last shot of him was seeing his eyes. I thought that's quite nice. Circular. Ah, and that's true. Because yeah. <clears throat> that was one of the theories that this story um, might address. At what point during Capaldi's era he goes and does the. Um, Pull this switch. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the Day of the Doctor stuff. But yeah, I was wondering how they could really pad that out into a story. Yeah, people thought this was yeah. Menace 3, then uh, yeah. pulling a switch would really be yeah. <laughs> And there's an ivy there, so it's obviously the cloister room, really. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there's nothing really to, uh, to distinguish Rusty from any other... Uh, Daleks. I don't think if he ha- if he hadn't called the Dalek Rusty, I would have recognised. There's a few wires yeah. on his head. That's the giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> but when he said, "You are a good Dalek," mm. yeah, that's the only Dalek who's ever called to talk to that. I think. 
Did the one in Dalek not say that? Did that not where yes, it originated it doctor, um, yeah. to Eccleston's doctor? Yeah. Oh, did it? Yes, you could be right. I think when because uh, he kind of uh, flies off the handle a bit, doesn't he, and uh, goes against mm. that massive gun. Did you see Pearl Mackey's Doctor Who dolly on a Christmas tree? No. Yeah, she's got the action figure, which they haven't released. So ah. whether they're just giving it to her because they're not releasing it or whether it's coming out. So I do hope so because I like my dollies. Yeah, I've, I've, I've only got the Doctors um, and I've got a few Daleks and Cybermen because so if I'd started on that, it'll just kind of take over all my shelves and be... Uh, <laughs> I did and it has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but if you get a Bill one, you'd have to have a Nardole one as well, wouldn't you? That would be a... I was trying to work out whether you could turn one of the primeval figures into a Jodie Whittaker, because there's one that looks quite similar to her. Ah, right. <laughs> It'd take more skill than me, though. Uh, did they make primeval figures? They did. Ah. Which is great, because you can sort of pad out um, yeah, Doctor Who dollars with like soldiers and things. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I am 46. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I do live with somebody who likes Daleks and stuff, but if I started going down the dolly buying route, I think serious words would be had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were just saying that earlier, actually, all my Doctor Who stuff is, is in one room. It's only allowed in, uh, in one place. Well, I've got all my DVDs and stuff. They have pride of place of all of the... DVDs, but um, everything else is uh, purely decorative. And mm. I think I've still got a load of stuff at my mum's house, actually. There wasn't room in the van when I moved over. Yeah. All my target books and annuals and other books and things. But I'll get them back one day. Yeah. Still got all my target books, apart from Wheeling Space. Yeah. And we're getting new ones. Yeah. About which I'm ridiculously excited. I don't know why. I'm very excited about this as well. Yeah. Because I can physically sit down and watch the actual show, but especially that with the original writer's writing, it's quite yeah. intriguing. I think the original writer, and Paul Cornell is just a writer that I, uh, I I really like as well. I've read, you know, Seek Out, you know, kind of all these, these non-Doctor Who stuff as well. Uh, Chalk, actually, is his most recent book, I think. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and the main character in it visits the uh, the Longleat exhibition you mentioned before, because <laughs> uh, it's set in the eighties. Um, but yeah, really a really brilliant book that chalk. I, I, I recommend it a lot. I do enjoy watching Bill cuddling the uh, first Doctor. Yeah. He didn't get too many hugs, did he? No. A hearty handshake and a slap on the back, maybe. But uh, oh, Susan gave one, yeah. but I think once she's gone, I think that was probably. It. Yeah, I recognise this actress, Professor Helen Clay. She was in Torchwood, apparently. Ah, yes. She was the one who was the alien who didn't realise she was an alien. She's got a spike. Ah, her arm turned into some kind of weapon. Was that something like that? Yeah. I think she was in that Survivors remake that they did as well. Nobody watched that. I watched it, but I don't. I never saw the original Survivors. Well, you want to be really, really depressed, you watch that. <laughs> um, but she seemed like a, a, a more recognisable actor than, you know, for such a small part. These faces I was 
I kind of paused this a second time, watched it to see whether it was any old, old I characters. I thought that was Jenny, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> First time I saw it, but then it is. But yeah, just for a second, I thought it was. Yeah, it, it could have been nice to put some, you know, some of the kind of guest characters from from previous stories in that to show how they'd been. Um, On the other hand, all these characters you knew and love are now dead. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit disturbing about Nardole, he's not changed much, so... Yeah. He obviously died fairly shortly afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Well, it, it was only a matter of time, wasn't it, before the Cybermen reached his mm. floor again. So the uh, time's frozen again. I was thinking about this from, uh, from Rusty's point of view here. One minute he's talking to the Doctor and showing him this stuff, then time freezes and they take off. But presumably when time restarts, it's going to be as though he's just vanished. He's going to think he's gone mad. He'd wake up, think, oh, my gun's missing and all these dogs are going to kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> he must be able to kind of re-magnetise that gun. And, I just uh, trying to see if it was still there or not. I like yeah. A, I like a continuity. It flew quite away, didn't it, when he um, when he jettisoned it. Um, got to imagine it can he can reconnect it. No, he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. he's going to wonder if he dreamt seeing the Doctor, isn't he? <laughs> he just vanishes. <laughs> That's it, I've finally gone mad. Beautiful two TARDISes. Yeah, really nice, that seeing them in flight, isn't it? So, I'm assuming um, Capaldi must be towing him, because he can't fly it, can he? So. Yeah, or maybe he set the controls for him before... Uh, because it's, it's, it's the knowledge, isn't it, that it's... Uh, he seemed fairly astonished. They'd actually arrive at the right place earlier. Yeah. Mm. Yes, he couldn't have managed that on his own. Yeah. Pretty definitely. That's, is that in a story about linking two TARDISes and flying them in tandem? It kind of rings a bell. Maybe I think you're right, yes. It has been done before. Yeah, it's... I can't think where. Remember the time cone inverters from the time flight? Maybe it was that one. Maybe. Well, that was Lacopolis, yes. Was An idea to save the universe. Yeah. Oh, right. You oh, yeah, with the, yeah, the Doctor and the Master's Tardis, isn't it? I don't mm. watch that very well. No. Season 18. Boom. <laughs> There's no bad seasons. Yeah. This, um, I'm not sure if you've gone past it. The, uh, the, 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 the captain mentions Chroma, doesn't he? He did, yeah. Mm. Which is the first. Now, from this moment of, uh, onwards, when he's leading him back to his death, I was really ridiculously emotional from this moment onwards. Yeah, and I even knew he was a Lethbridge steward. I was still affected by it. Well, I'd heard the rumours, but it wasn't until he mentioned Cromer. Yeah, that was that. I thought, well, he's definitely a Lethbridge steward then. Yeah. Um, I thought. I thought um, that moustache is no accident. That's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many people thought he looked like Hitler. I thought, no, he doesn't. No. As well as the hair, as well as the pattern, isn't it? Well, all men yeah. from those sort of eras did look quite alike, didn't they? Mm. Everybody had to have the same sort of brill creamed hair, and the moustache was just a sign that you were grown up enough to grow one, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's crafted a nice character, like you say, that you were. Um, it was quite quite mm. sad that. Um, and his reaction to the uh, World War One. Yeah, that was quite affecting as well. Yeah, yeah. it was because um, they called it the Great War, of course. Yeah, yeah. and then when um, 
you know, when he doesn't want Bill to sacrifice herself, he's quite, he's, he's just like, no, that's not happening. He's, uh, he's, he's, you know, written a great character by Stephen Moffat and uh, played very well. Uh, and then this, the, the, the armistice part really tugs at the heartstrings, doesn't it? So, yeah. It was on a Christmas advert, wasn't it, a couple of years ago? Um, I generally don't remember. I can't remember if it was John Lewis or one of these, one of these ones, and they, um, they, they recreated it for this advert, and it was quite my moving. My better. Done. No, my script's better. <laughs> Who would you rather survive, Toby Whithouse or Matt Gatiss, if uh, if only one of them <laughs> <laughs> made it out of the bunker? <laughs> they both. Well, I very much enjoyed the new episodes of um, League of Gentlemen. Oh yes, brilliant, they were excellent, absolutely brilliant. I I loved the League of Gentlemen the first time around, but I actually thought these were better. I thought the. Um, well, to be fair, they had all, uh, three years, did, like they did three series, and then they had like 20 years yeah. of thinking about this. So, uh, <laughs> but it was... Uh, I thought every sketch was, was really strong and really great when it came back. I've only caught one of them so far. I must catch up with them. But, uh, Definitely recommend them. They, they're excellent. I've actually got tickets for the uh, the live League of Gentlemen show later in the year. Uh, I'm very excited about that. It's not till August, but... Uh, looking at that, how ridiculously great. close they were to each other. It's... Yeah, terrifying. The, the, the two lots of trenches, yeah. Hmm. Yes, I have to say this I was quite choked up at this point and it didn't really go away yeah. till it had finished. No, uh, yeah, it was quite the same. So a little reminder of uh, the second Doctor's final story as well, isn't it? With the war games and the trenches, mm. World War One. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he's, um, those are very nice as well, isn't it? The captain's first it's reaction lovely, yeah. is call, to... Uh, call for help, yeah. Uh, very decent. Look at that, I'm trying to spot if there's other writers in the back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there, there are, rather. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great... Um, Set or whatever, isn't it? This, uh, mm. this and the aerial yeah. shots are great as well. Yeah, presumably it's Wales. Just use slate mine somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I said on Twitter when it had finished, I thought it was more of an epilogue to series and ten, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it, when I get round to it, I'll watch it in time, about world enough in time with the Doctor Balls and this in a row. Yeah, I think it'll probably even be. More affecting the way, but like part three. I think so. Yeah, you will get that sense of the twelve, the twelfth Doctor holding back his regeneration, and mm. it doesn't seem to be putting a lot of strain on him. But I, I wondered if the uh, the idea that time is frozen, and he talks about a state of grace, um, is yeah, helping until him. The last with that. scene, he doesn't really think he's suffering very much. Yeah. Whereas at the end of um, the end of Fall of the Doctor, he, he feels like he's really physically fighting the change, doesn't it? You've got to choose if you're British or German. The extras, yeah. The uh, supporting artists. <laughs> Probably who fit the uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
Yeah, essentially they just gave the first doctor the glow of the hand, didn't they? They didn't. Yeah. Um, mm. They don't give him the head falling back and uh, glowing regeneration. It's not, it's not retconned or anything like that. Maybe they draw yeah. strength from each other in the way that the Watcher helped the Doctor at the end of the fourth Doctor's regeneration and um, they need their other selves around them at yeah. certain times. It's a good job they didn't do a Brigadier and explode then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, um, is it the Blinovich limitation yeah. effect, that part. Mm, that would be a problem. Uh, I think the, the talk of um, sort of fairy tales here is uh, it, it's um, kind of been a theme of, well, it's often been talked about in the Stephen Moffat era, isn't it, when Series 5 came yeah, out? Yeah, apparently he denied it. Though. Yeah, he talked about it being sort of a dark fairy tale and, and you know, Amelia Pond being like a name from a fairy tale. But then in that um, Toby Haydock interview, he said it was just something that came to mind because the publicity people needed something to to use. Um, but his take on it is that the Doctor has always been a fairy tale, so he was just kind of continuing that. But I do think the power of, of stories and things has been something that Stephen Moffat is, is interested in. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the line about we're all stories in the end. Uh, you know, let's make it a good one and that kind of thing. I think Clara being an English teacher as well, you think about sort of Ian and Barbara being science and history which were the preoccupations of you know originally um clara's english literature isn't she so that's that's maybe more informs the uh the moffat era and then the original oh, regeneration here you. nice yeah i like it. it's a nice book ending isn't it of the first doctor's um part in this that you are you worried that polly stuck at the south pole though we didn't say get him so. <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, they I didn't remount those bits, did they? I wonder if they'll use those two actors for big finish in a future book set. <laughs> uh, given that they use, they won't the cast. need to wear the wigs this time. No, no the big finish. Um, ben is uh, uncannily. Uh, oh, they've got so, one, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's amazing. Have you not heard? Always amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is. Uh, is it the first Doctor? Companion, the latest Companion Chronicles. The one, um, that one is very good. Yeah, the um, where there's a story about where Stephen Taylor drags the Dalek across the alien city oh, and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a great story. Very, very good. Um, and I really liked Una McCormick's story in that one as well. But the um, the bonfire night. Uh, yeah, that's probably creepy. That would make yeah. great television. That would. Yeah, very good. And here comes Clara. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's able to... Um, Not terribly the uh, best uh, matting in the world, is that bit, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good to give her a kind of an unearthly quality like that, isn't it, though? It's, True, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, nice that he got his memories back at the end. Mm. We haven't run off together and destroyed the universe. No. Which we are grateful. And of course, she would look the same as well because she's um, she's kind of indefinitely um, frozen at the the point where she died. So yeah, she could, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah, just before her last heartbeat or something. Yeah. Yes. 
And great to see Nadal back as well. Yeah, that was the bit that really got me, actually, because I hadn't expected mm. that. I knew Clara was coming back into it because I'd been spoiled on that, but I didn't realise he was. And yeah. It just goes to show how much I liked the last series. I was genuinely affected when he came in. I thought, oh, yeah. And he gets I'm still confused by his glass nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's always kind of weird stuff about his past or his physiognomy, and it's mm. nice that he gets a couple of those back. We know nothing about him, do we? There's no backstory now. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that the other writers in Series 10 were encouraged just to throw um, whatever they wanted in, weren't they? <laughs> but then, by not um, by not revealing these characters' fates, it leaves it wide open again for big finish or spin-off fiction, doesn't it? Mm. So. Mind you, life is ambiguous. You don't everybody you meet, you don't know everything about them instantly. Yet, no. in fiction, you're supposed to. I've, I've never understood that. Yeah. That's uh, it's uh. I like this little speech. Yeah, I found his latter one went on a bit, but uh, this one I love. Yeah, I felt like the first time I watched it, I felt like it went on a bit because I was I was waiting for the regeneration. Come on, Judy! Come on, Judy! Now, come on, Judy! 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 Come on, quick! I felt like the second time. Come on! I think we're also we're so used to forty-five minute to forty-two minute long episodes that when you do get a full hour. It yeah. sort of throws our timings and our sense of pace off a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I, think, I felt like the second time I watched that, I appreciated the speech more. It's. Uh, I think he should have stopped on the yeah. first kindness. He mm. kind of repeated himself. Or I could just be being very yeah. impatient. Because <laughs> the irony of regeneration stories, you're sorry to see one go, but you are desperate to see the next one. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. I like the cuddle. Yeah, Nadal mm. gets his, uh, his cuddle line in again. I bet he felt really silly cuddling mid air. Yeah. And this this bit here, I just suddenly thought, oh, I really don't want you to do it. Yeah. I felt like that when I opened the, uh, well, I know you don't read it anymore, the Doctor Who magazine. Yeah. Uh, it came in a plastic kind of wrapper and I opened it and it was uh, it was a shot of Peter Capaldi walking through the snow and he looked just quite kind of uh, they're all kind of lonely in it, and uh, mm. yeah, no, don't go. There are people mm. saying he wants to cut himself off from it now, which is good. Uh, I hope that's not uh, a permanent thing. No, I suppose, um, yeah, you might want to do something very different to begin with, but it'd be nice to think that fan that he is as well. We'll get a few big finish down the line. Because we've got finish, no or... audio of him, really. He hasn't even done a book reading, has he? So no. We've got nothing of this. He hasn't done a commentary. No, David Tennant was quite keen, wasn't he, when he was a doctor to do do as much as possible. Yeah. I used to love his video diaries. Yeah, some of the most. Um, the police of four counties getting him to the Blackpool to turn on the lights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One less sort of stroll around this set before it's yeah. uh, destroyed. I loved it until we sort of got to here. It was nice, and I thought he was mm -hmm. rigging it up a little. I wonder if uh, Terence Dix gets a payment for the cruel and cowardly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's from the making of Doctor Who, isn't it? The book that uh, he wrote in the seventies. The Blake seventh anniversary yesterday. I was terrified to think how far ago the seventies were. Now. Yeah, I remember watching. <laughs> I haven't seen all of Blake Seven. I watched the first couple of seasons. It didn't really grab me. 
One of our yes. um, having its fortieth anniversary now. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Mm. Whenever you listen to them. Oh, was, they were going to bring it back, weren't they? Sky or someone was going to bring it back a few years ago, but then it, it just seemed to uh, fizzle out. The rights are a bit of a. But it it could be rebooted. I mean, the basic idea is a very sound one. Yeah. Look, maybe yeah, wouldn't stretch to as many iterations as Star Trek, but uh, yeah, they could remake it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So the line he says, um, "This obsession with his name." I've never yeah. really liked that. It's a bit of a morbid obsession. Children can hear your name. Yeah. Mm. I think that's about how you kind of Doctor kind of grabs you in your childhood, doesn't it? And uh, they can't paint your old make decent jokes, but they can understand his name about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Laugh hard, run fast. Be, Be kind. kind. Yeah. I can't do the fast running bit. <laughs> yeah, not the moment. <laughs> you could hop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, I got quite speedy on with two crutches for a while. Uh, and I let you That's go. Quite That's quite a regeneration, that. Yeah, I think the "I let you go" is is Peter Capaldi and Stephen Moffat saying it, isn't it as well? Yeah. He really is going to have to learn not to take off before regenerating. Though. It never works out. Yeah. <laughs> should uh, should have tried. Uh, it's tried the to... eyes. And there we go. I love that. Yeah. We should try to make mm. it to to the zero room or something. Just imagine that we didn't know who it was going to be. Yeah. Be... If they could ever pull that off, it would oh, be. Exactly. Um, Maybe amazing. Yeah, we're talking about the next regeneration. We haven't even. Yeah. Seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the ring falling from a finger is uh, is like the um, regeneration, isn't it? Or the, the beginning of power of the Daleks. Also, it's, mm. it's, um, it's actually the actor's ring as well, isn't it? So she could wear it. <laughs> yeah. The um, great. first time we actually see her face is then. It's yeah. And I love her expression. That just like glee <laughs> and astonishment. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Of course, the TARDIS doesn't seem quite so keen. Yeah, I can't quite work this out. Is it rejecting her, or is it just something that's happened because of the? I think it's the damage that's been exploding. But yeah. why are the doors open? I think. But I think she pressed the button, and then it all hell yeah. broke loose. Yeah, but the doors literally um, open. I was quite upset about the books flying. <laughs> yeah, you'd be gutted, wouldn't you? Perhaps the, <laughs> the electric guitar and lots of other accoutrements are going to go as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the screen does say you know it's a kind of critical error or something like that, isn't it? And then uh, good to do. She got to do some wire work on her first day. Yeah, that's always the uh, complete console room in catching fire. And there she goes, falling to a death. The very brief tenure yeah. of the. Uh, so I guess we assume that's Earth as well that she's uh, she's what? falling towards. Yes, it's bound to be, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> very good very good indeed yeah I think it gets gets better on each viewing as well for me just going through my notes why did the TARDIS explode well we didn't really know I mean it did at the end of the end of time as well didn't it I'm it assuming was, it was uh, all the regeneration and it could have been new that again just because of it, so. yeah <laughs> Well, there's all the um, Artron energy going everywhere, so uh, caused a few short circuits and then... Yeah. Who knows? I mean, the TARDIS is sentient, but... Uh, yeah, it's... Um, I didn't I didn't get the impression from it. I know some people said that it was the TARDIS 
rejecting and ejecting her. But I took it more that it was just out of control and uh, everything was going a bit crazy. Yeah. As happened at the beginning of the 11th Doctor and the 12th Doctor stories as well. Yeah, he only, uh, the, the 11th Doctor only narrowly avoided falling out, didn't he? He was hanging off the, uh, mm. off the doorstep. Uh, I did so. wonder if the uh, Doctor later takes an interest in Bill because he's already met her. And he thinks, aha, I know you. It's on the first Doctor. Yeah, uh, because he takes an interest in her. Perhaps the reason he takes an interest in her is because he knew her. Yeah, they, they do not tend to remember the, the, the... Well, again, it's a bit inconsistent, isn't it? Because uh, in Time Crash, he did. the 10th <laughs> Doctor can remember the 5th Doctor. Well, the 5th uh, Doctor can remember being the 5th Doctor and watching the 10th Doctor do it. But then there's other ones where it's, it's kind of stated that they won't remember it. At the end of um, Day of the Doctor... They, uh, none of them will remember the, uh, the outcome, especially the war doctor who says, I won't remember this, mm. will I? Hence why he, know, he doesn't know that Gallifrey isn't destroyed in the time war for a couple of regenerations. I prefer my head camera. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I made a note of was uh, the thing about memories that um, when Bill or the Bill avatar insists that she is Bill because... It's got the memories. It, it reminded me again of the multi-doctor story, the five doctors, the uh, a man is the sum of his memories. Yes. Line. Um, a time Lord even more so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of another, another link to a, a multi-doctor story there. Um, you could probably argue with that, though, that people are more than just their memories. Because if you stop losing your memories, you're still a person, aren't you? So. Yeah. And speaking yeah, of the, I mean, you're uh, still driven yeah. by your character as well. That's a dimension, just, uh, so I'll probably take issue with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, it's, if, if they're the same person, isn't it, I suppose? That's the, uh, mm. Mm. I mean, that was one thing, I think, because um, Pearl Mackie was playing an avatar of Bill rather than Bill herself. I, I thought that she'd put some subtle differences into her performance. Yeah, a little Actually, bit. A little bit of. She was a little bit more robotic, a little bit less spontaneous. And very creepy yeah. when her eyes went silver. That was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was generally quite scared by that. It was like, Ugh. <laughs> and I guess because she couldn't remember what happened to Heather, I guess they yes. they only filled the avatar with the memories up to the point where she of left death. the doctor. Um, yeah. So that. Uh, because you know she travelled for hundreds of years after that as um, as a puddle. <laughs> it would. It would. Um, you know, it wouldn't be as as close for her as as having just left the doctor. So. Now, in an ideal world, but yeah. Big Finish will get the rights to do the. Um, they want to do an adaptation of um, uh, exciting adventure with the Daleks, don't they? They could do that with the original cast, so this Doctor could actually be uh, an alternative Doctor from that universe. Ah, right, so is, is that something that they're, um, they're actively wanting it's, to do? Uh, Nicholas Briggs' uh, big wish about to do a version of that, but ah, right. whether they get the rights to it or not. But, uh, yeah. That would be a good headcanon too. Yeah, because they've done adaptations of some of the new adventures, haven't they? I thought Apparently they didn't sell very well, which is a shame. Yeah, because Cold Fusion in particular was brilliant. That was, uh, again, talking about oh, yes. Doctor stories. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's great. The fifth and seventh Doctors together. Mm. And the, all the original companions. Yeah. But where do you put it on your shelf? Mm. 
<laughs> I've, I've just got a download for that one, so I've uh, I've sidestepped that issue. <laughs> oh. I've put the book with in a box in my mum's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yesterday I spoke to Simon Ibison and his daughter, um, his ten-year-old daughter, that he writes the dad's daughter daughter blog where he's making his way through the new series from Rose onwards um, and, and kind of seeing them through his daughter's eyes and, and blogging about it. So it was interesting to see what she thought about Twice Upon a Time. Um, so we'll go to that now. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Happy New Year. Have you had a nice Happy Christmas? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Have you had a nice Christmas? Yeah. Yeah? It's been good, hasn't it? Yeah. Get lots of nice presents? Did you get lots of nice presents? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your best present, kid? It was a book about rebelling women. Brilliant. What was it? Rebel stories? Yeah. But stories for rebel girls? Yeah. So quite, uh, she absolutely sort of tore through it in a day yeah. of all of these sort of fabulous women. Some of them that you knew, like Rosa Parks and things like that, and then some lesser known ones, wasn't it? Like Ada Lovelace. Oh yeah, yeah. So that that was very exciting Christmas present. Fantastic. That's brilliant. And you enjoyed the Doctor Who Christmas special? Yeah. What was your favourite bit? Go on. Um... Seeing that Bill was in it because Bill is one of my favourite companions. She's really good, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and you, I, I saw on your blog um, that um, you recognise David Bradley from Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, very excited seeing Filch, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you like the Harry Potter films? Yeah. Um, and you've, you've seen the one with David Tennant in it? Yeah. I, had, I think I had to Google at one point and try and work out whether he did Harry Potter first or became the Doctor first. Yeah, it was about the same time, was it? Somewhere around there? It, it, it was about, I think he was announced as the Doctor and I think he might have filmed Harry Potter first. I'm not totally sure, but ah, um, right. we've just got, we've, we've just done the Christmas Invasion. So that was the last sort of one in our lineup that we've done. So I yeah. think next Saturday we'll be heading for New Earth. Yeah. Brilliant. So are you looking forward to watching David Tennant's stories? Yeah. Who's your favourite Doctor? I've only watched Eccleston and Capaldi. And do you like do you like Peter Capaldi? Yeah. Are you sad to see You're him? You're very go? excited when he cropped up in Paddington 2, weren't you? What? I knew you would like it. No, is it? But you're excited. It's nice, isn't it, when you see those actors in other roles? Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, it's quite exciting sort of spotting those actors and sort of other people all over yeah. the place. It's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Are you um, sad to see Peter Capaldi go? Yeah. There's, a, there's a big yeah. nod there that you can't yeah. see. <laughs> Surely, though, you've got to be excited about what comes next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, excited for Jodie Whittaker taking over. Yeah. Didn't get to see much of what? her, did we? But uh... Because she's the first 
woman doctor. Yeah. It's it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think's <laughs> going to happen now that she's fallen out of the TARDIS? What do you think's going to happen next? Um, that she'll probably find a new TARDIS somewhere. A new TARDIS? No or like want to come crashing down. So do you think she's lost the TARDIS? Yeah, because didn't you showed me that clip of her with the key and then her seeing her it. So do you think that's a different TARDIS? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, right. That's a very interesting Yeah. Because theory. that's sort of the way that, co- that covers up the TARDIS changing her falling out of it. Oh, so you think it's a whole different one? Yeah. She's just going to find another one randomly somewhere. Yeah, because you showed me that extra clip of her holding the key. Well, that was, when, that was when they announced it, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I like your theory. Yeah. Do you think it'll look different inside as well? Yeah. What do you think it'll look like? Um, I'm not actually that sure. But I know it's probably going to be different. Yeah. Because when, we when we went down to Cardiff... Um, before the Doctor Who experience shut, we did the thing where they, you know, you can have your picture taken inside TARDISes. Oh yeah, uh, sort of against backdrops and stuff. And so I had the 1960s TARDIS, and you had Eccleston's, yeah. didn't you? Brilliant. So she's only seen sort of Eccleston slash Tennant's TARDIS, yeah. and then Peter Capaldi's. Right. So that's that's quite a difference there, and the classic yeah. one you've sort of seen on pictures as well, haven't you? Yeah. Which one do you like best? Um, probably Eccleston's. Yeah. Why? Cool, isn't it? I don't know. It's the one that I'm sort of used to seeing. Right. Okay. And um, you're hoping that there's a unicorn in the Jodie Whittaker's <laughs> first series as well, you said? Yeah. Do you think it would be good or bad if there's a unicorn? Like a, a, a goodie or a baddie? Bad. An think e- evil unicorn? Evil unicorn. It could be, I'm not sure. And oh, wow. Will it talk? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> what would a unicorn have to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe a unicorn would be um, Jodie Whitty's companion. <laughs> if you could see the absolute awestruck thoughts. <laughs> uh, what do you think her companions will be like? Um, I've been thinking that like, when she finds them, they'll probably just be like a group of friends hanging out somewhere, and then she asks them, like, do you want to come on an adventure? With me. So, did I show you the picture of the new TARDIS crew? Um, yeah. Right, so I'm just going to try and call it up here. So, what do you think... Oh, come on. Because um, it's Bradley Walsh, isn't it? Yeah. Right, okay, there's the one. Right. So, we're just looking at that sort of um, uh, promo shot that you've seen of, of Bradley Walsh and uh, uh, the others... Uh, at the moment so what do you think so what do you think they're all going to be like don't know 
like I said, I feel like they're just going to be a group of friends that Johnny Whitaker finds somewhere, like that, and then just asks them to come on an adventure with her. Do you think they'll all go in the TARDIS? Yeah. That'd be quite crowded, won't it? Yeah, but you said that there was like about six people once in the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> and in that picture, there's only four. Yeah? Okay. Right, fair enough. And it'd be five if they get a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when you were watching the um, the Christmas episode, you were uh, interested if if you if they froze time, if they could um, if you could stick your fingers up somebody's nose. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Would what? that be what you'd do if you froze time? Or would you do anything else? I don't know, just make people look silly. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to be able to freeze time? Yeah. Would you do anything else? Um, Probably if I was like in a hard time, I'd try and wind it back to from where it happened so then I could make it right again. Oh, okay. Because you've read, you obviously have read the Harry Potter story. Yeah. So the Prisoner of Azkaban, where Hermione's got the time turner. Yeah. Would you want the time? Would you want a time turner, or would you rather have a Tardis? Tardis. (laughs) (laughs) Can do a lot more in a Tardis, can't you? You can do more in a Tardis. Yeah. Yeah, because you can go to different places. Because if you had a time turner, you would only. be in one place but you could only just turn back the time mm-hmm. where would you go in a TARDIS I don't know where would be, where would be exciting to go um, would you want to go into the past or the future ooh, future how far I don't know like a hundred years or like a million years quite far you know like when times with like um What's she called? The one who's just skin. Oh, Cassandra. Yeah, Cassandra. Right. Okay. Kind so of that people far. like that. Is that is that two hundred thousand? It's it's a weird year where it's got Apple in the name, isn't it? I'm not sure. Yes. How, uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's a long way. Oh, oh, Dad's like. Do you remember when it was like the second episode with Billy, the happy? One. Oh yes, yes. Um, smile, smile, smile. Yeah, with the emoji yeah. robots. Yeah. yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that far, go and settle on another planet. Yeah. So you uh, like sort of something like that? Do you like Cassandra? Did she? Did you like her character? I like, I like the character, but. She just. Um, There's hand waving going on here at the yeah. moment. <laughs> um, well, she's sort of bad, so it's sort of why I wouldn't like her. Yeah. But, like. I'm not sure. She's sort of funny, isn't she? Yeah, she's sort of funny. I'm, I'm sort of trying quite hard at the moment to sort of keep spoilers away from her. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not. I'm not being absolutely extreme. Yeah, because mm. you spoiled the empty child with me. Made me more scared. <laughs> I, d- I think I did make you more scared, but I mean things like you finding out things that are going to happen. Oh, yeah. Because, um, I mean, because you've got like Harry Potter sort yeah. of fact files and things like that. Haven't yeah, you? But and I think you. I think you found things out in advance of reading them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sort of being. Like, I'm not stopping her having a certain book or whatever if she wants it. Yeah. But, you know, there's certain... The true nature of certain characters, like, for example, River Song yeah. and uh, Professor Yana. Dad, um, you know you sort of spoiled it for me by getting me that colour book, colouring book, because it's sort of, you're, showing me the, you're showing me all the aliens. Well, yeah, but when there are certain things that happen and certain characters turn out to be, you know, part of another storyline and this, that and the other, okay? It's like, I think, I think you'd be best if you didn't see loads of those things. And I think most of the books don't give you spoilers Mm. because I think there are some very exciting bits that when you see them, you'll be really excited. Yeah. When we watched, um, I forget which one, the penultimate... uh, episode of series 10 was um, um world enough in time world enough in time yeah. well when we watched that so we were watching that so it's the cybermen uh, and uh, there's the doctor and missy and, and Bill. the master and the master so when uh, razor rips his face off at the end of course um she didn't really know anything about the master so that wasn't any kind of a revelation for her. But yeah. you told me that there was a master in it. Yeah, but it was it was interesting sometimes to see these stories and things the other way round, where Missy, for example, is the person you're familiar with, yeah. not not the master. <clears throat> so it's 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 interesting watching her. So it's sort of like doing a time lapse. Well, it's a mm. show about a time traveller. So if you watch them in the wrong order, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter that much. No, not really. But there might be bits that get spoiled for you, but we're not going to worry about Except from, like, the regenerations. Have you watched some of those? Yeah. Have you watched all of them? No. <laughs> I thought you might have looked them up on YouTube. No. Mine, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, save them, then. Yeah, watch them in the story. It's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And are there any um, rebel women, if you could go back in time, that you'd like to meet from your book? Ooh. I'm not sure. But there was this really cool pirate girl with, like, flaming red hair. Right. That sounded quite cool. That does so, sound good. I forgot what her name is, though. Go meet some ginger <laughs> pirates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, red hair instead of red beard. Yeah. <laughs> they should do a Doctor Who story about it then, shouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> there are arms aloft here right yeah. now. <laughs> well, there's a pirate one comes up eventually. There's a pirate oh, story. Yay. So uh, we, we, we're maybe a year or two away from getting there. Yeah. We, we, t- we tend to average about one every two weeks. Um, so we're... Uh, I thought I'd put up uh, twice upon a time uh, out of sequence, yeah. as it were, just for, 
Well, that was that was the Christmas special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, I thought I'd put that one up anyway, sort of out of sequence, as it were. But uh, did you like it? did you like it when he met the first Doctor as well? Yeah. Why? What was good? Mm, I just quite liked it. It was quite cool because what did he try not to regenerate? Apparently so. So that's the story. So that's. But it's sort of like Capaldi was doing it as well, so it was sort of like they were doing the same thing. And it was weird because um, the first Doctor didn't know who Bill was. No, he wouldn't. And it was like, and you will get to see her again. And they were like, who's her? But then, but then when Bill came, she was like, where's the Doctor? And obviously maybe Capaldi heard it and then thought, is that Bill? And actually went outside and did see her. Yeah. Because he had some different companions. They weren't in it very much, though, were they? Who, sorry? What? Uh, the first Doctor had his own companions, but they weren't in it very much. No, they weren't. He had them right at the beginning, and then yeah, he zoomed right off. right at the beginning, when it was black and white, like on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, it would have been nice to have seen a bit more of that Tenth Planet sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. That would have been quite exciting. Yeah. But I think probably only really for the seriously hardcore yeah. fans. <laughs> they should have refilmed the whole thing, basically. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, does it make you but want to... Want. Sorry. Sorry, go on, Mark. I was just going to say, does it make you want to see any of the other old Doctors? Yeah. Yeah, do you reckon? Yeah. Because we watched the day of the 50th anniversary. I don't know if you remember, but we all watched um, the very first episode all together. Yeah. Was it all... re- what, was it released on my birthday? It was, uh, uh, the same this... day as Doctor Who. <laughs> this one's birthday is the 23rd of November. Brilliant. Uh, so she's sort of quite excited at that. Yeah. And when it was the 50th, we all watched, I forced everyone to watch um, Unearthly Child. So uh, that was uh, it was really good though. You enjoyed it, yeah. Which episode? Oh, that's where they all meet the doctor. Where those guys? So I'm just when I called up new Tardis crew, it's brought up a picture of the very first Tardis crew as well. Ah. Um, so it was when he met met all of those guys. Well, those two guys for the first time, and he was travelling with his granddaughter. Oh yeah. 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 So maybe we'll watch. Maybe we'll watch some of the doctors at some point. Yeah. But we have to finish ten first. We have to finish ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll take a while. Yeah. We've got the Weeping Angels to go through first. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like the Weeping Angels? Um. Have you not seen much of them yet? No, but when we were at the um, Doctor Who experience and we had the tour, um, I tried not to blink. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find the the time crystal? Yeah, I actually got to do one of the crystals in the um, in the junkyard. Oh, brilliant! I, Great. Yeah, I got okay. the crystal from there. Excellent. So you you found all the crystals and saved the day. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to reading more of your blog. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's great, sort of like the stories that you already know, seeing them through somebody else's eyes. Yeah. Uh, 
so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what you make of uh, of the tenth Doctor. There's some <laughs> brilliant stories coming up. I'm quite jealous that you're watching them for the first time. It's quite it's quite interesting when I get her to tell the story back to me. The things that the sort of bits of plot that she won't sort of recount. Mm. So I'm not I'm not saying she's forgotten them, but it's just not been the primary thing that she's sort of observed. Yeah, so so twice upon a time, the Christmas one, when you talked about it, you mentioned the testimony thing, but you didn't mention the sort of people going back and grabbing people and grabbing their memories and everything. So there was the the big reason why it all happened, but you were sort of focusing on the characters and stuff, which I thought was really interesting, and getting excited every time Mark Gatiss came on the screen. Wow. You kept saying, is that Mark Gatiss? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's, it is really nice seeing them through sort of someone else's eyes yeah yeah it's great well I absolutely I love the blogging sure go on I made sure that I said that, that, that when Bill sweared yeah <laughs> you, were, you were very excited by Bill swearing I, right? didn't, yeah. I never wasn't <laughs> excited I was just awestruck because <laughs> I just had my mouth open she got in trouble didn't she from the first doctor for that she did. Yeah. She got really told off. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay, so thank you very much to Simon and his daughter for joining me there. Um, and I'm pleased to say they will be back on the podcast later in the year um, doing a commentary for one of the season 11 episodes. Uh, you can find Simon on Twitter. is at DadDaughterDoctor, uh, where Doctor is DR. And his blog is DadDaughterDoctor.wordpress.com. Um, it's a really lovely blog. I uh, recommend that. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, so um, that was Twice Upon a Time, the end of an era. Um, all new when, uh, when Doctor Who comes back with... Um, Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure when when the new series is coming on. I think there's been uh, talks about being autumn or September. I've been yeah, just, autumn. Yeah. But I did see a conversation between uh, I it was Tom Spilsbury, the uh, the former editor of Doctor Who magazine, and somebody else, where he was sort of saying, "Don't bank on it being September." Um, I can't remember who it was he was talking to now. Is it another Doctor Who writer, I think? Um, um, and they said, oh, surely they've started filming it. It's, it's going to be kind of on in August. To which Tom Spilsbury replied, I've DM'd you. <laughs> so we don't know what it is, but uh, he seemed to be sort of implying that maybe it wouldn't be as soon as that. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Now, hopefully it won't be too long when yes. they've left us on, on such a cliffhanger. There was supposed to have been a leak of the new logo, I saw, but... I think they've denied that now, but he was actually quite good. So yeah, like, uh, I quite like that. But it, um, I, I retweeted the guy. That, guess, it? Yeah, I retweeted the guy that um, that had done it when he admitted that he'd um, he just put it out there just to. Uh, oh, I didn't realise he'd admitted it. Oh. Yeah, it was. Um, it did lead to some like glorious um, attempts by other people, which was um, spectacularly funny. Some of them. Yeah, yeah um, the ones taking off the uh, Doctor Who annual covers from the seventies. They were great. Yeah. The Doctor. Yes. Twitter does keep us amused between seasons, doesn't it? There's always something. Yeah, Gary um, Galat, um, 
Is it Gellat or Gillat? I'm never quite sure. Again, he's another uh, former editor of Doctor Who magazine. Um, and, and the more recent, well, the DVD range is finished, but his reviews of the classic stories on DVD were always brilliant, I thought, very well written. Um, and they're all online on his blog. Um, but yeah, really, really kind of witty uh, kind of looks at these old stories. Yeah, a guy called Jake Johnston, um, at Hi Jake Johnston, Johnston with an E at the end. Uh, he came up with the uh, with the logo um, and a few days ago said, in my boredom I thought I'd design a new Doctor Who logo and see if it would pass, and it did. It certainly did. I'm really <laughs> flattered. <laughs> it's a lot of very convinced people, including me. So. And then he used the same font and colour. I mean, just today I saw somebody um, had colourised some of the William Hartnell, some clips from William Hartnell stories as well, and they looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, the technology now to um, to do that is great. Is it... Um, I mean, I'm not saying that they should yeah, be colorized. Yeah. I just, you know, it just you make you do see them in a whole new way. Yeah, I imagine but it must be Zabi very, in color. You know, Monoptera yeah. in color. Yeah, it must be very time consuming. I think for for them to do it, but uh, yeah, the results. Some of the results are beautiful, aren't they? Mm, they the really are. Somebody put googly eyes and all the characters on the uh, from the nuclear drama thread the other day, which gave me no end of pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still frightening, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that since I was at school. It, it, it terrifying me. I've got a friend who used it as a first date film. Right. <laughs> Threads. Yeah. <laughs> Are they Didn't still go well, apparently. <laughs> Are they still together? Mm. No. <laughs> Great. I think yes, it's I, not the most romantic thing. No, not really. Uh, I, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I think it was traumatized by it. You know, nation was a I used to I used yeah, to know we were, the yeah. lady who played the old grandmother who died. She was um, ah. she was the grandmother of an ex boyfriend of mine. And ah, she used to do extra work. So she was actually in that. That's a great fact. She's probably signing mm. photographs of herself dead wrapped in plastic. On that, cheers. Cheer yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry to end on a downer, folks, but you raised threads, so what are we going yeah. to do? Yes. Uh, so, um, Denise, we can, uh, listeners can find you on Twitter as at Cup of Tea 69 That's me. Keith is at 50DW50. Very probably. Uh, and I'm at Trap1 underscore. So thank you very much for listening. Um, we've got some great podcasts lined up over the next few weeks. And Denise and Keith will be joining me shortly again, I hope. Hope so. That's great. Well, thank you very much for listening. And see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.